You're listening to Moments from the Mount, a podcast from Mount Calvary Lutheran Church and Pastor Benjamin Schaefer. This is a sermon that was recently preached in our congregation. You can learn more at mtcalvaryreading.org or watch a sermon there. Thanks for listening. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. The word of God for us this morning on today, the third Sunday after Epiphany, is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 22. There we hear. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet of Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, A light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. There seems to be a steady stream of popular books out there today which describe a person's near-death experience. You know, those those experiences where they somebody has visited heaven, they, they died, and then they live to tell about it. Now, one of these books from a few years ago titled Miracles from Heaven caught my attention because it was the story of a little girl who was sick with an incurable disease. She saw specialists, and her parents did everything they could for her, but the prognosis was not good. This little 10-year-old girl was going to die. Then one day, she was playing in a tree, and she fell about 30 feet and landed in the hollow of the tree. And while unconscious there, she claimed she went to heaven. She spoke to God and God told her that he was going to send her back to earth and that her body would be healed. Firefighters pulled her out of the tree hollow and miraculously, she was unharmed by that 30-foot fall. And even more amazingly, she was healed of her disease. The doctors couldn't explain it, but she was free from that illness. Healed by God's love, by God's power, a miracle from heaven. Now, maybe you've heard about the people who have gone through or or something like that, or maybe even who claim to have had a near-death experience. 
People talk about seeing a bright light or walking, talking with loved ones. And their stories really captivate people, really get their attention. Why? Why do the books sell like crazy? And why are the movies so popular? Could it be, perhaps, that we as human beings long for heaven? Could it be that we long for life with God himself? Could it be that we recognize how broken and dark this world really is? And we want to know what heaven is like. But there's only one person who can really tell us that, who we can trust 100%. Jesus told Nicodemus in his ministry, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven the Son of Man. Today, there is a light that's calling you and me. It's the light of Christ Himself. He has been in heaven and He came to earth to tell us all about it and to open the door for us by His own death. Now, He knows what He's talking about. And in Matthew chapter 4, He begins His public ministry, publicly announcing that the kingdom of heaven is here. It's at hand. It's near. And He appeared in Galilee. And He called two sets of brothers to be His first disciples. Today, the light is calling. And it's calling for you. Now picture for a moment a land ravaged by war. What do you see? It's a depressing place. Buildings are falling apart. Food is scarce. People are afraid to go outside. Danger seems to lurk around every corner. This humbling existence has characterized many parts of the Middle East and Americans have been all too familiar with it as we've almost been there 20 years now fighting in different parts. And there have been conflicts going on there longer than that and, and other parts of the world still ravaged by war. Now this was also the reality for God's people living in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. It was the northern part of God's people the northern area of Galilee. And hundreds of years before Jesus appeared there, the Assyrian king, Tiglath-Pileser, had destroyed the area and he had deported most of the Israelites who lived there. And Isaiah, Isaiah in his prophecy, he put it this way, what had happened there. He said, in the past, the Lord humbled the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. Oh, he humbled them all right. He laid waste to their land. It was destroyed. It was dark. And the people who were left there, they were left wondering, has God forgotten about us? Does God really care about us? Look at what's happened to our land. 700 years later, the same sad reality still existed in that land of Zebulun and Naphtali. They were a land that was looked down on by everybody else. The Jews who lived in Galilee were considered the hillbillies of their day. 
They were the backwater people separated from the land of Judah and Jerusalem and the temple worship. And they were surrounded by so many Gentiles that people even asked, can anything good come from that area? And yet into this darkness, God sent the light, the true light that gives light to everyone. Isaiah had predicted the beauty of it all and Jesus fulfilled it. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You and I know darkness. We know how depressing and depraved this world could be, but we know something brighter. The light of Christ has dawned and the light is calling for you and me. And Jesus today is calling us to see the freedom that he brings. You see, we all face the darkness of defeat, not from foreign armies, but from sin and Satan. When we fall for the same sins, when we fall into the same pride, when we fall into the same lust, when we fall into the same arrogance, when we fall into the same selfishness, and we can't help but feel the darkness. And even as Christians, as we grow in the light and the love of the Lord, we still feel this darkness. This darkness wants to have us. This darkness lurks in the uncertainty we face in life. And we think, nothing good can come from this. But God lets his light shine. And the light calls to you and me, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. If there's a kingdom, there's got to be a king. Jesus was saying, the king is here. And what do kings do? Kings rule. Kings fight. Kings stand up for their people. Kings have power. And this king will never let you down. See the light of God's love for you revealed in Jesus Christ, our king. A king who came and faced even death for our sakes. Not because of anything he had done, but because of the dark deeds you and I commit. And he took away the darkness, freeing us from its power. This, this section, this prophecy from Isaiah is about God freeing us from the darkness of sin. Setting us free so that we are not condemned or controlled by that sin. Setting us free so that we can know the light of his love. And Jesus died to prove it. And he would do it all over again. He loved us that much. And he gives freedom that only the light can bring. What an amazing light. And that light is still calling for you and me to trust him, to believe in him, to look to him when we feel like nothing good can come of this. Let the light shine. Now, whenever someone has one of these near-death experiences, you know, it, it invariably happens that, that they come back with a renewed commitment to life. 
You know, they are just so fired up. They, they've got to share their story. They've got to impress on other people how important the time is that you have here and, and treasure your friendships. And, 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 and it's kind of a dividing line for them. Right? And when Jesus appeared and began his ministry, the line was now drawn in the sands of the shore They're in Galilee. You see, you're either with Jesus or you're against Him. You're either following Him or you're following the devil. So what will it be for you and me today? Today, the Lord Himself, the light, calls us to follow Him faithfully. Now there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew and James and John. And both of these guys were involved in the family business, fishing. But Jesus called them from that and said, Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now this was not the first time that Jesus interacted with these brothers. We heard last week, how these men had been following John the Baptist, and they heard John say and point at Jesus, look, the Lamb of God. So they knew who Jesus was, but now possibly months later, after John had been put in prison, Jesus calls them to come and follow him. He calls them to be his apostles and to be fishers of men. And Jesus shows two specific aspects of being a disciple here that I want to highlight. First is sacrifice, and the second is service. Now immediately the brothers left their nets, their jobs, and they followed Jesus. James and John actually left a fairly lucrative family business and follow Jesus. They sacrificed maybe their own plans, their own hopes, their own dreams, whatever they had thought their lives were going to be. They sacrificed that and immediately followed Jesus. And they did it to serve others, to be fishers for people. They were going to tell others about the good news, the good news of Jesus and his coming kingdom And they could see what they would catch with that good news. Who would be caught in that net? It would not be easy. It would be service. And this is the call for us today as Jesus followers. Sacrifice and service. We sacrifice self-interest and self-promotion because we know the one who sacrificed himself for us. We might not have the money that other people have because we sacrifice that. We give that to the Lord out of thankfulness. We sacrifice um, maybe to, to give of our time to, to help others, right? And we serve others. We look to the needs of others. We think how we can answer those needs. We serve because we know the one who came to serve us the best. And thankfulness for what Christ has done. We can't help but serve. He is the dividing line. The line in the sand has been drawn. And the light's calling for us. 
My friends, we don't need a a near-death experience. We have already died to sin and risen with Christ in, in baptism. And we daily put to death the sinful nature within us and we rise to live as God's people, filled with His Spirit, hearing His voice and knowing that, yes, we are alive in Christ. So today, let's commit our lives to following Him. Let's recommit ourselves to being His disciples, to letting His light shine through us because we don't need any special messages from God. We don't need any near-death experience. The light is already calling us. And his brightness shines. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen.